Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So McCarthy's out. You, you're going to get me to, what, be concerned about it? Be worried? Get upset? No, 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 no. That's not how I roll. I don't get bothered by any of this stuff. These people don't know how to act. They don't know how to do their job. They don't know how to focus. Vote their, I was going to say something a little unkind there, but vote them out. No, what I care about are plans. Plans matter. That's what I care about. That is not what I saw, nor what I see. And this most probably is the difference that we may have, or maybe total agreement. Kevin McCarthy and not Kevin McCarthy is not what moves me. What moves me to a conversation of what exactly have we done here is the lack of a plan. And for everything I have heard over the last 16, 18 hours about Kevin McCarthy being voted out as eight Republicans led by Matt Gates joined the entire Democratic caucus, the entire Democratic side of the aisle, there was Gates speaking from that side of the aisle. Supposedly, McCarthy loyalists had blocked the microphones on the Republican side. He's there with the Democrats talking up about how you got to remove McCarthy. And there's Representative Ilhan Omar looking him up and down like, mm, you look better than my brother. Where was the plan? That's the question. I'll leave it to Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana to say it well. I don't have a lot of advice for my House colleagues other than this. Um, follow your heart. But take your brain with you. That man can turn a phrase like nobody's business. Guys, welcome. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. I am actually opening up the phone lines wide. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you have to say. You like the removal. You don't. But back it up. I'm not interested in people speaking via emotion. Speaking from emotion is what children do. Speaking from emotion is what progressives do. I want to hear why this works. I want to hear why this makes a difference. Well, Tony, we're finally draining the swamp. Show me where things get better. Show me how the removal of Kevin McCarthy, because he dared to pass a clean continuing resolution, getting Democrat votes, is different than Matt Gaetz utilizing Democrat votes to remove Kevin McCarthy. Show me where the option was in putting forth no continuing resolution and what would come next. You and I agree on more than we disagree on. Even if, and by the way, I'm only making an assumption. What if we don't disagree? 
So let me say it differently. Maybe I'll say it better. The places of agreement I have with people who are very high on removing McCarthy as speaker are much greater than the places where we have disagreement. My disagreement is about plan. I don't think this actually provides a value. I cannot tell you that Republicans are better off. And my point is, I'm not so sure you can either. This is why I open the phones. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Twitter X at Tony Katz. Tony at TonyKatz.com. Where are we better off? Now, many people will say, Tony, you got to start somewhere. Okay. You got to start somewhere. Um, I I would, would start, if we're going to start with how we, we engage uh, victories on the political right, I would start with this. I'm going to be a happy warrior like Kevin McCarthy, and I'm going to say, let's just get the business of the American people done. Let's get this speaker vote done. Let's make sure we don't have this motion to vacate so we don't have chaos again. We can't do this right. next year. We cannot do this and win. That's Rona McDaniel. Anybody who thought McCarthy should go, but McDaniel should say, should stay, is out of their mind. McCarthy should go, but McDaniel should stay, is a radical thought process brought forth by the pseudo-intellectual mind that has never once said to themselves, okay, wait a second, where are the issues here? Here are the issues. You did not win big in 2022. You didn't run maybe the right people, although I, I think less and less of that all the, all the time. You certainly didn't run in the right ways. You had no way of combating an abortion message. And you once again made it about Trump as opposed to the people who live in these states and live in these districts. So much failure did Rona McDaniel bring in 2020 and 2022. And in the last two debates that we have seen of the Republican presidential candidates, how is it possible that she is still in charge of the Republicans? How is she in charge of the Republican National Committee? We cannot do this and win. We can't get rid of McCarthy and win. No, we can't win with you. If Republicans were really trying to get something done to make things better, you would actually bring stronger leadership to the RNC. But the problem with McCarthy is, you see, he's just basically a Democrat. I I have interviewed the man once. He actually was in Indianapolis. He was in studio. It was him and Congressman Jim Banks and Congressman uh, Jim Baird, who I think was running for office at the time. They were, I guess, they were just trying to raise money for him and get a, get a, get him in. Uh, uh, Jim Baird uh, has a district uh, in 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 the uh, in Indiana, just west of of Indianapolis. That's the only time I've, I've I've ever really met the man, except I saw him when I was in D.C. for a joint session of Congress to hear the President of Israel. I was invited to it. I I, I was there. I met him in a, a reception. I did I did get the picture with with the then speaker. Then, speaker, he's no longer the speaker, as we, as we all know. Never had an affection other than, oh, nice to meet you and nice conversation. Appreciate you taking the time. 
Certainly, I've tried to get him on the show because as a host, you want to talk to the speaker. You want to talk to all sorts of people. You could argue that McCarthy wasn't as strong of a conservative as you may have liked. And it's a fine argument. Now, you have to be able to back it up. Just saying it is meaningless. You have to be able to back it up. But Hakeem Jeffries is worse. Let me say this again for those of us playing the home game. Kevin McCarthy might not have been the conservative you wanted, but Hakeem Jeffries is worse. Well, Tony, Hakeem Jeffries isn't going to be the speaker. The Republicans will pick somebody. I don't know who they're going to pick. All I know is you allowed the Democrats to remove the speaker. Matt Gates gets some kind of hair up his butt again. It's going to happen again. How much power are you willing to give Hakeem Jeffries? Oh, I'm sorry. Have we not thought about this? Maybe we should. Maybe we should right now just stop what we're doing, pour out a bourbon, take a nice long sip, really, really get a feeling on the palate, bring it down, see if you get any heat in the center chest, did it have any burn down, what are the flavors that you're picking up from that, any caramel, any vanilla, you got any, a good oak coming in from behind, how is that, that finish happening, and then ask yourself, who's better for the country? Correct. It would be a very weird scenario to see Akeem Jeffries as a Speaker of the House. But what happens when Republicans can't find somebody who's acceptable because these eight have decided that the purity test is what matters most? Then you say to me, Tony, there have to be some standards, damn it. You need an actual conservative. And I'll say to you, you have a margin of five? Welcome to our system. Welcome to our system. I will say to you that in watching this all play out yesterday, the one thing that moved me was that it was actually happening in public. There have been a series of instances where members of Xi Jinping's ministries, defense minister and others, they just disappeared and then resigned. They disappeared. They were taken in the middle of the night or the middle of the day. It didn't matter. You didn't hear from them again. The next thing you know, they're resigning. Gone for a week, gone for a month. You didn't hear from them. And then they resigned. This happens right in front of us. People call it chaos. I don't. I actually never have. I argue there was no plan. I will defend that there was no plan. I'm getting comments on Twitter X and I will go through them. But the one way I know that we are actually a better country, the one way I know that my gosh, we may still actually be free, is that that clown show happened right before our eyes. Not the authoritarian regime of Nancy Pelosi and the political left, people who don't actually believe in freedom. Don't tell me there aren't differences. There are differences. Well, Tony, if the Republican Party could get its act together, they wouldn't do this stuff in public either. I don't know. I certainly hope not. If this is going to happen, let it happen. Let people see 
how the sausage is made. Let them see the imperfections. And yet the system works. We're all here the next day. Nobody lost their land. Nobody lost their property. Nobody lost the, the, the right to free speech. No one lost their Second Amendment rights. No one lost a thing. We simply have a disagreement about how this works and whether or not this brought value. And I argue it didn't. I argue there was no plan. An action without plan is emotional pablum. And that is the purview of children and progressives. It is not that we are lost without McCarthy as speaker. It's that this vote may very well be an unnecessary loss. We will break it down. This is Tony Katz today. there's so much echo in the room where he's at the audio is better without the the echo but i can't i can't get rid of it tony katz tony katz today what's going on trump on trial i think this is day three of this fraud trial brought by the attorney general Letitia james looking for 250 million dollars in civil penalties and that's trump saying this is the beginning of communism in our country there was a gag order put on trump by the judge saying, uh, hey, you can't talk smack about my staff. Trump had much to say about some of the staff uh, who uh, work for for this uh, judge. Calling her, I believe he referred to her, this, this one staffer, as Schumer's girlfriend, as in Senator Chuck Schumer. The judge saying this morning, one of the defendants posted to his social media account a disparaging, untrue, and personally identifying post about a member of my staff. Personal attacks on members of my court staff are unacceptable, inappropriate, and I will not tolerate them in any circumstance. Ordered Trump to delete the post from Truth Social. I don't think there's any surprise that Trump would have a gag order. Uh, None. None. Zero. Zero. But as someone pointed out on, on, on the Twitter X earlier, what's going to stop the DOJ from leaking anything they want? What's going to stop the uh, attorney general from leaking anything she wants? These people can do anything with impunity, and yet it's Trump who isn't allowed to speak, Trump who isn't allowed to say things. It's a fine argument. It is. Because we've seen this be true. But you had to know that the gag order was going to come. And this isn't this isn't the first time that a gag order has ever been put out. What I found interesting is that Trump plans on testifying. He said this in a news conference, a story over at Newsmax, that in this trial brought by Letitia James, he is going to testify. Now, his argument is, look, there's no fraud. They all made money. They're all happy, 100% happy. The argument, of course, is that Trump inflated the value of X, Y, Z and his own personal wealth, etc., in order to get favorable terms from a bank. 
I haven't seen the data, so I have no way of knowing what got inflated. One of the stories told was he's got an 11,000-square-foot penthouse uh, at at, at Trump Tower, and he said it was 30,000 square feet. I would tell the bank to go measure. But that would be a bit of an exaggeration. If it was 11,200, he said 12,000. So I may go, okay, they, they really, really rounded up. You could argue that that's overinflating the value of a, of a place because you have a price per square foot. You've now increased the square feet by, by almost double. So, all right. But the bank got paid. Part of what is confusing to me in this case is how do you explain to a, a, a jury, if you will, how do you explain to the judge? Let's go with that. That the bank took a risk as they do on everybody they lend money to. But in the case of Trump, they got their money back with interest. Because no one is arguing, at least I haven't seen it. No one is arguing that they didn't get their money back. They lent them the money. He paid it back with interest. Well, if he had been more honest, he might have had to pay a higher interest rate. Oh, okay. But they got their money back with interest and they set the rate of the interest and Trump agreed to it. Why are we suing as the state of New York regarding a contract that did not, as as far as I know it, involve the city of New York or the state of of New York? If you said to me, that he was selling snake oil, poisoning people all over the place while claiming it had healthy benefits. Okay, I can see that. If he had never paid it back, pocketed the money, I could see that too. But what is, a lawyer could better explain it to me. And this is why it's a civil suit, not necessarily criminal. What is, where's the harm? I'm not even arguing that Trump didn't do the thing. He, I think he has inflated his own value his entire career. It's part of his charm. Where's the crime? Tony, it's okay to lie? No, it's not okay to lie. And I'm telling you, you can hold that against him. But if you could say to me, oh, it's Trump. I, I know he's lying right away. Why didn't the bank know? Have you met banks? They really do some investigation before they lend you money. They really do check things before they lend you money. Or did they want to be in business with Trump and therefore they said, just lend him the money. It's going to be so public. He's going to pay us back. What are you going to do? Not pay us back? You want to be in business with Trump? Then you tell everybody we did the Trump deal. The next thing you know, you got 12 other deals. Now, how many people right now in their car listening to this show are shaking their head, looking over the car next to us. I was like, yeah, it's probably exactly how it happened. What are we suing about here? When Trump has classified documents, I get very bothered. This, I have no idea why we're even in this. This seems like, again, this weaponization conversation. And the people making that argument, I think, have, have every right to. 
Your thoughts on Speaker McCarthy being out, your phone calls. That's next. This is Tony Katz today. On January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security, immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress passed earlier this year that's congressman jim jordan who spoke strongly to keep kevin mccarthy as speaker of the house of course that was not to be tony katz tony katz today speaker mccarthy out of speaker not out of congress just out as speaker you then have from a from a list it's super weird how this comes about Patrick McHenry, the congressman from North Carolina, he will be the speaker pro tem. He immediately moves to put Congress in recess. We'll come back on Tuesday and on Wednesday we'll start the vote for a new speaker. But while I'm here, Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, get out of your offices. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What now? Yeah, out of the offices. Turns out that as uh, two of the longer standing members and leadership of the Democratic Party, they've got these really, really nice offices. Offices are key. Key. They've got these what they call hideaway offices. And um, McHenry just threw them out. Get out and stay out. And so people are like, wait a second. I don't even know who this guy is, but like keep him because I love that. And this goes back to the idea of, well, why wouldn't McCarthy tell Pelosi to get out of an office? What, what is he being nice for? Well, as we have heard, McCarthy actually spoke to Pelosi about issues with, you know, being speaker and, and getting the conference together. And according to him in the story, Pelosi said to him, look, we're never going to let the, this band of rebels kick you out. We're never going to let that happen. Don't worry about it. We'll have your back. Democrats didn't have his back. Democrats kicked him out. Never, ever trust the Democratic Party. Maybe that alone is reason he's got to go. But you'll note, as I did, uh, and double check me, triple check me, Pelosi didn't vote yesterday. Pelosi had no vote on this at all. I, they, they went back to her. I did not hear Pelosi give a yay or a nay on the decision to remove the speaker. Now, I don't lose sleep, as I said, over Kevin McCarthy not being the speaker. I argue the problem is there is no plan. And without a plan, you create issues. You create issues for the border. You create issues in dealing with China. You create issues on the Ukraine conversation. And you now have a situation where Matt Gates can decide at any moment, I just want things to burn. Because... He's willing to work with the Democrats. Meanwhile, Jim Jordan, who has been endorsed by people like Congressman Jim Banks for Speaker of the House. Banks isn't going to go for the gig. He's running for Senate. Jordan says, well, if, if you, uh, you want to give me the gavel, 
let's suppose the conference does get together and makes that decision as you just described and comes together, yeah. and hypothetically they say the person we need to lead us now is Jim Jordan. Would you accept that leadership? Um, again, yeah, if the conference, if the conference decides, that's, that's, that's their decision. But, um, and that's how I think it has to be. When you, have a, when you only control the House of Representatives and the legislative branch, and the Democrats have control of the, of the White House and the Senate, um, and you got a four vote majority in the House. You got to have everyone on board with this is the person we want to lead us. And so- that's a that's a f- pretty fair and uh, uh, outreach of hey, um, I'll take that gig. What's interesting is that people will tell you who actually wants the gig, who wants it, who wants to be a part of it. Who in the world would want to be speaker? And then you remember, oh, yeah, wait, 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 it's politics. Everybody wants to be speaker. I'm telling you right now, if they offered it to me, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. There's not even a question. The parties we would have on the speaker's balcony, people? Whoo! Have you ever smoked cigars on the speaker's gallery? Raise your hand if you smoke cigars in the speaker's gallery, uh, in the speaker's balcony. The speaker's balcony. Just me? Just me. It actually wasn't the speaker's balcony. It was where, because there's some construction going on. But I've done it. I'm here to tell you, you want to do it too? We'll all be out there. We'll be doing shots. We'll be uh, telling our Ocasio-Cortez jokes. It'll be fantastic. But I wanted to hear from you. Where are you on the removal of McCarthy? Let me go to Tim. Tim, welcome to the show. Uh, You good with the removal? You think it's a problem? problem? Where are you? Hey, Tony. I'm very okay with the removal, and I got to wonder what plan that you're looking for. The plan has already been put in motion when they elected McCarthy. The plan was if you don't do right by the Republican Party, then you're going to be out. And the plan for the House has always been reelect a new guy. So there's the plan, and Gates has known this plan since he began. And he orchestrated it with McCarthy, and McCarthy betrayed the American people, and so he's out. Let's the plan, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Um, what would make you think that the plan would be to replace McCarthy, in if let's say in twenty twenty four? No, the plan is replace McCarthy when he screws up this year, right now. When so he, when, you, when he betrayed the American people and he betrayed his party by working with the Democrats to get so, to pass spending to take money out of our pockets. So when 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 you talk about the the concept of betrayal and you're talking about the clean uh, continuing resolution, right? That that's what you're referring to. Just so we're all on the same page, McCarthy yeah. had had put forth the continuing resolutions that would have cut spending 8% while they were setting up to pass these appropriations bills. Remember the appropriations bills was the deal that McCarthy set up with Biden that instead of being a big omnibus bill, right, this big mass conglomeration of things, each appropriations bill would be voted on separately. There are 12 of them. If you don't pass all 12, there's a 1% cut that comes across the board, the penny plan. So 1% of all spending would be cut. 
it was people like Congressman Byron Donalds and others who said we should pass this continuing resolution to give us the time to get to voting on these appropriations bills. And you and I could agree, by the way, that the appropriations bills should have been gotten to in June, July, and August. I believe Chip Roy has said that. I believe Thomas Massey has said that and, and, and a host of others. We could agree on that. But they didn't. That in and of itself is a problem. I don't disagree. But wouldn't that have been a better continuing resolution? And if so, why didn't Matt Gates uh, say okay to that? You're, you're right. This should have been thought of months and months ago. Why didn't our speaker have the guts to get this done like a conservative would? Instead, I, he waits till the last moment and gets the Democrats to go along with whatever the spending bill he's got. And then he works out a deal behind closed doors to fund the Ukraine with them. Now, let's hold this that to the side. Republican. Hold to the well, side with me for a moment, Tim. And I, lo- I love that you've done your research on this. Hold to the side the Ukraine funding conversation, because that has now taken on a miraculous life of its own. The issue wasn't actually with McCarthy regarding leadership to get this done in June, July, and August, as it should have been done. What was happening was that Democrats wouldn't agree to the amount of spending, thus the delays, where I think the issue lies. And and I would argue that the real problem is that Republicans didn't scream bloody murder right then. There, There is no, you are going to keep families from being fed, you hate military families, you want children to die at the border, you don't care about brown children, you don't care if kids die of fentanyl in the street, you're the most disgusting, despicable, awful people ever. They don't do that. We can agree on that. And, well, right? and, the, and so Matt Gates is wrong for doing that now, better late than never. I, well, I mean... This is where the conversation comes to, Tim. This is where the conversation comes to, and I appreciate the phone call very, very much. This is is where we get to the idea of a plan. I put forth to you all that getting rid of McCarthy does nothing. It is not a plan. It is an emotional response. Getting rid of McCarthy does not decrease spending. Getting rid of McCarthy doesn't make the border stronger. Getting rid of McCarthy doesn't do anything about China. Getting rid of McCarthy doesn't help our energy security. Getting rid of McCarthy didn't do anything except further solidify an idea in America's mind that Democrats have got this under control and Republicans, and I'm quoting here, can't do anything. I live in a world of Bidenomics. I live in a world of the 10-year treasury, the benchmark, being today over 4.8%, right now at 4.74, which would put 30-year fixed mortgages at 8%. I live with gas prices on the rise. I live with food prices still too high. You have 11 months of contracting manufacturing in the United States. It's going to be an ugly Christmas. And instead of looking to that and saying, what are my goals here? How do I get a bigger win? How do I create something more lasting? How do I create a majority in the House from 5 to 55? 
Matt Gates said, nope, now, gratification now. I disagree that that's the proper strategy. On the continuing resolution, it is disgusting that we do continuing resolutions. And if you had told me that when the first conversation of a continuing resolution came up, I'm going to motion to vacate, I could have been with you. If on the first move, you had said, I'm out, I'm done, I wipe my hands of these no good dirty bastards, dude gotta go, see ya, I could have been right there. But you waited till it was clean and he got Democrat votes. Because he couldn't get your vote. But not only did he get Democrat votes, he got the votes of Republicans. Let's look it up. How many Republicans voted for the CR? Let's see if we can figure this out. Uh, here's oh, Okay, I got it right. Oh, come on. Don't make me do this. These paywall people are the absolute worst. Um, do me a favor, Jason, find it for me. Uh, um, it was a 335 to 91 vote when it came to uh, the, uh, um, con- oh, here it is, in the clean continuing resolution, 90 Republicans, 9-0 voted against the stopgap bill. 90 Republicans voted against it. That would mean that a whole bunch more voted for it. Over 100 Republicans voted for the clean resolution. Only eight voted to remove the speaker. So when we talk about, well, now or never, it should have been the first time a continuing resolution came up because then you would have had a level of a moral authority, if, if you will. You would have had a rationale that can make sense. But I'm going to respond to the speaker, then Kevin McCarthy, getting Democrat votes to pass a continuing resolution. I'm going to condemn this and remove him by getting Democrat votes to remove him when I don't have the Republican caucus with me at all. I find that peculiar. I find that to be odd. Chris on uh, on Twitter X says, but not getting rid of McCarthy hurts all the points you just made. There needs to be a statement made that if you don't do your job, you're out. Now that is, and, and I think Tim would agree with you, uh, Chris, that's the prevailing thought. And I think the people who deny that are really doing themselves a disservice. You can't just dismiss the exhaustion. I'm not dismissing the exhaustion. I want you to know that. We may disagree about strategy, but I get the sentiment because, Boo Bear, I'm with you. But I don't believe that Gates was some level of altruistic in this. I believe that Gates was personal in this. And I don't like personal because I don't give a damn about Matt Gates personally. I don't care about Kevin McCarthy either. 
I care that the job gets done for me. And with all due respect, and I think this is where our biggest disagreement is, the job didn't get done for me. The job's not getting done at all. Now, let me bring back in that conversation about Ukraine. I'm going to get to this in the next hour. The Ukraine, we've been talking about this for the past couple of days, that Ukraine has become the freaking litmus test of the Republican Party. It's crazy town. It has been, not the border, and what could be more important than the border? Nothing. Not China, not cybersecurity, not the economy. Ukraine is the top story? We're nuts. But it is. And a side deal for Ukraine funding could absolutely make people on the political right bonkers. But the people who want the Ukraine funding, even though there are definitely Republicans who do want it, are the Democrats. So now follow this. If the need for Ukraine funding is the thing that matters, why would Democrats then not vote to stop McCarthy from being out. If McCarthy was in favor of Ukraine funding, because the next speaker, you think that guy's going to be okay with Ukraine funding? (gasps) Maybe the Democrats didn't have a plan either. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So nobody... Nobody attended the game between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Texas Rangers, the wild card game. Lowest postseason attendance in more than 100 years. I guess not a, not America's pastime. Or maybe nobody wants to be a Tropicana field. This is Tony Katz today.